everyone and welcome to Yolanda Yvette Speaks. It is me, Yolanda Yvette, motivational speaker, public speaking coach, author, and your podcast host. Like always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to be on the show, or even if you have any speaking opportunities for me, go ahead and reach out to me at Speaks at gmail.com. You can also reach me at Facebook and Instagram at the same name. That is Y-O-L-A-N-D-A-Y-V-E-T-T-E. S-P-E-A-K-S. Also, I want you to make your way on over to Amazon, or you can also go to thespeakupbook.com to order my book, y'all. Speak Up. This is where you'll learn the winning strategies to effective public speaking and making a profit in doing so. So now that all that business is out the way, we're going to go ahead and introduce who we have today. We have Michelle Vigna-Baltzis. She is a professionally trained coach, facilitator, and certified intuitive eating counselor. She supports midlife women who are ready to rewrite their stories around eating, body image, and movement. Her unique approach guides women to focus on meeting their own needs while compassionately caring for their bodies at all shapes, sizes, weights, and ages without apology. Hey, listen, y'all, I have to say this. I think that's probably the first bio that I got through without really chopping it up. So, woo, I had to pat myself on the back for that one. See what I tell y'all when it's, when it's short? I think I can get through it. Um, So, y'all, let's welcome to Yolanda Event Speaks, Miss Michelle Vigna Baltzis. Hi, Yolanda. First of all, I got to tell you, I'm laughing over here just listening to you because you are so vibrant mm, and I love that you're so kind to yourself. You're like, that's the first one I got through and you know, just like celebrating all these little wins and that's what I'm all about. So uh, I, I just love it and you're so enthusiastic and that, that makes me happy. Oh, thank you. Listen, I'm trying I tell people all this if you listen to any of them, you're like, oh yep, there she goes. She messed up another one. I feel like I am a self um diagnosed dyslexic sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm selectively dyslexic. I think that's a whole new word. I don't know. I tell people I speak. I'm not a reader. I I will speak though. You give me a microphone, give me a camera, I can speak. But ooh, this reading thing sometimes just I don't know. I chop it, chop it up. So sounded good to me. Well, I don't know. Listen, I'm I'm excited. That made me so happy. Um, so I would love for you to tell people who you are in your own words. I can read your bio all day, but it sounds better coming from you. So go ahead, Michelle, tell people who you are and what you do. Well, first, I want to thank you again for having me on to uh, chat with you and with your audience. It's always an honor. Uh, I am all about helping women feel good in their body, uh, in whatever shape, size, uh, ability, whatever color, whatever, whatever they are, I want them to feel good and I want them to feel like they're enough. Uh, and, you know, women specifically are plagued with not enough, what I call not enoughness or feeling not enough. And uh, I give women tools so that they can see their, uh, their beauty and the gifts that they have to share with the world. Ooh, that that's a lot to handle because first of all, females are a lot to handle. And I know any men that are listening to this, they're like, finally somebody said it. So <laughs> we are a lot to handle, a lot to deal with. So, but 
you mentioned about feeling like um, we're not enough. And that's something that I know I've been through um, plenty of times in my life. At different points in my life, I felt like I'm not enough. And I'm not going to say I won't feel like that again, because who knows? Um, Because we're human. And I feel like that quite a bit, like I'm not enough. Why is that something that we deal with so much feeling like we're inadequate or just for ourselves that we're not enough? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really great question. And I, I feel that women are very, com- humans in general are very complex, but I feel that women have a, a little more because uh, we're dealing with a culture that is, you know, really geared more toward the success of men. Mm. And, and this is just the reality that we live in. Uh, and so I think women have an extra uh, bit that they need to do to kind of make their way or make a path. Uh, and I also feel strongly that women of color have, uh, you know, even a more difficult path. And I think we need to really be cognizant of this uh, and understand that this affects how we all uh walk around this earth, you know, and how we react to things, uh, how uh, not enoughness comes into play, how self-doubt comes into play, uh, and all of these things that make us feel, as you say, inadequate, you know, uh, because we are oftentimes comparing ourselves to standards that uh, are not one size fits all. Mm. And when we get into the mode of believing that in quotes should be a certain way uh that can become very problematic and it causes that among many other things can make us feel very inadequate because we're not fitting into that one size fits all kind of mold that has been laid out for us uh you know we're different we're unique we're complex we have different experiences uh based on our our lives our upbringing our our cultural influences and all of these things impact the way we walk around and the way we react to things or don't react to things. Uh, So it's a very complex, you know, uh, a very complex and rich story that people have. And I think we just take all of that into account when people are struggling with self-doubt, you know, and feeling inadequate and all of those types of things. Uh, We need to look at what their experiences were that influence that wow i was talking to someone um recently they were talking about we have to get to the root of um what what the issue actually is because it's not just a branch it's not just a fruit that you know whatever it's until you get to the root of what it is you're able to dig that up and then deal with it for it no longer bears any fruit um and i was like now it makes so much sense especially in that in that analogy I want you to talk to us about you being a certified intuitive eating counselor. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, intuitive eating is now getting a lot of buzz. Uh, There's been a lot more writing about it. Uh, When I became certified in 2015, a lot of people didn't really know what this was. But basically, intuitive eating is it's uh, a series of principles that, uh, you know, it's not dieting at all. Uh, It's a way of really interacting with food uh, in a way that brings peace. Uh, You don't have the stress, you don't have the guilt, uh, and just really recreating, it allows you to recreate 
create your relationship with food. Uh, and so many women struggle, and men too, again, but I'm mainly speaking to women um, right. in my practice, uh, just have this very dysfunctional relationship with food where it's, you know, all or nothing, uh, very fear-based, uh, very uh, non-intuitive, where they're basing their decisions around food based on whether or not the food is going to, uh, you know, change the size of their pants, you know, or make them feel uncomfortable in their clothing versus what foods are going to satisfy them uh, and what foods are going to meet their body's needs. So what I help people to do is get more in touch with that intuitive piece of them, which we all have, uh, and, and, and really discern what do I really, what does my body need, uh, not just for, from, an, from an energetic point of view and for nutrition, but what does my body really want right now? Uh, and making those choices uh, as often as we can, you know, based on what's available to us at the time uh, and going from there instead of going with, you know, what everyone else is telling us we should be eating, uh, trusting the body knows what it needs uh, and stopping that cycle of deprivation that often leads to binging and yo-yo dieting and a lot of body dissatisfaction. Uh, and a lack of satisfaction around eating. Listen, you said something, uh, and you said relationship with food. Um, I don't think we really think about our relationship with food and how it, it is a relationship because we're like, it brings us comfort, it brings us happiness, or when we have things we celebrate with food. Um, and then we have the, the relationship of, oh, now what I ate that brought me comfort or brought me happiness is now making me feel bad and now it makes me feel sad or it makes me feel sick or whatever so it is a relationship and I'm glad that you said that because that makes you think about it in a deeper way like what is it makes you question what is my relationship with food and why do I have the relationship I have with food um that I have 100% that is and, good yeah and it and, you know and and it's very similar to how I see a relationship with movement or exercise. You know, mm -hmm. that is also a relationship that people find themselves in this, what I call like yo-yo relationship where it's, you know, they'll exercise for a little while, then they'll stop and drop off and then, oh, yeah. they'll pick it up again. And it's very hot and cold, you know, and it's very similar with food in that it's, you're on diet, you're off diet, you're on diet, you're off diet, you lose weight, you gain weight. And it's just this up and down constant all over the place relationship there's no peace at all uh, and uh and and there's no peace and there's just no satisfaction you know it's it's all very temporary like little mm. blips as opposed to a healthy relationship with food where there is satisfaction there is harmony there is uh, none of that like tugging you know it's just really easy it flows you know uh, and it can be like that, you know, and a lot of people are like, there's no way I have this really messed up relationship. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get that because I did too for decades. Uh, and like I said earlier, we're all born to be intuitive eaters. And it's only because of cultural conditioning mm. that we sort of go off onto like another land that of dissatisfaction, you know, uh, but we can relearn what we what we were born with uh and that's part of what i help people to get reacquainted with is what
what it what it was and what it can be like again uh, and it takes a little bit of undoing but it can be unlearned so that you can have that that really flowing easy relationship again that sounds so good and so peaceful and, it's, and I'm like, you're just talking about like food and the relationship with it. But I'm just like, that sounds so peaceful. And that's what you're saying it really should be. It, should, it shouldn't be something that's hard on your body. It shouldn't be a hate thing because it all is going to work together with um, the, your relationship is going to change from bad to good. And it's also going to affect you in many other ways. So now we go with the um, not enoughness. All of this is going to work together in a whole. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you did a beautiful job bringing it all back together because so many, so many people feel inadequate because of their relationship with food, their relationship with their body, their relationship with movement, because they're all connected. And food is a very complicated topic, you know, and people don't, a lot of times don't even like to talk about it. They're like, oh, don't even talk about it, whatever. It's just, it's so complex and it causes people to feel such intense shame such intense shame and you know what that hap- what happens there is that they suffer in silence they, they just do yeah and they what they typically do is they just keep searching for the next diet you know and when I say diet I don't necessarily mean like you know like an Atkins or something like that or even like a whole 30 or, or Weight Watchers or anything like that people say that you know those are not diets per se in my world and and in the research that you know in my training and certainly the research that I continue to study is diet is like any any attempt at intentional weight loss so it's like there is nothing wrong with weight loss however when when the the actions behind it are typically deprivation or um really excessive movement that is that is not sustainable or healthy like all of that is very dysfunctional all of that so what we're looking to do is have more of a self-care mindset and just be moving more toward is my body hungry right now am i moving you know am i filling up with too much food that doesn't make me feel good how do these foods make my body feel do i feel energized do they drain me do they make me feel sick you know all kinds of questions we get really curious when we're trying to recreate this relationship with food and in doing that we ask ourselves a lot of really gentle compassionate questions because being curious is really how we learn you know people want to know why am i stuck in this pattern of like always seeking food for emotional comfort you know and when we get curious around that we we discover a lot of different things you know um that self-care isn't so great we're not taking enough breaks you know we're not moving our bodies we're not setting boundaries with people we're not getting adequate rest you know all kinds of things turn up that oftentimes will lead us to food for emotional comfort and and i'll say that in my world you know eating for emotional reasons is part of just eating sometimes you know and sometimes that is the only source of comfort that we have but it's great to have other tools too because 
you know, sometimes the one tool that we have breaks and it doesn't work anymore. Because you know what is the thing about people say often, like, I'm eating my emotions. And that is so very true. And it's yep. a, it's a, cause that's me. That, that is me. Transparent moment. That's me. But it's such a detrimental cycle, um, that doesn't go away until you unlearn it, until you break it. And that's where, when you come in, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of the things that help people to really understand is what's at, as you said earlier, what's at the root of the emotional eating. And it's usually not one thing. Mm-hmm. It's usually a combination of things. You know, but, you know, like I said, it, it's it's a bunch of different things, you know, it's it's not, it, yes, part of it is a pattern because that was my big thing, you know, for, for many, many years was, you know, I get a hangnail, oh, let me eat a box of cookies, you know, like, let, let it was like any little thing would yeah. set me off and like put me back into the pantry or the refrigerator because I didn't, I hadn't developed other coping mechanisms. So Mm -hmm. it's a matter of not only unlearning, but learning other coping tools that are going to help address what the real need is, because it may be food sometimes, but not always. There is a need that's not being met and it's figuring out what the need is so that you can really understand it and meet it in some other way other than using food. You know what someone told me before, and I never thought about it because I'm somebody I'm like, well, I'm bored. I'm gonna sit yeah. and I find myself eating. They were like, you know what, being bored is an emotion, so that goes yep. back to being an emotional eater. I'm like, what? Yeah. That that surprised me. I'm like, I never knew that. I never yep. knew because I'm like, I'm bored. There's nothing else to do, so I might as well eat. Yeah. So it's what like you need to find something else to do mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. being like, well, I'm bored. Let me and and making that relationship with food. That's your relationship again is this is gonna um, make me feel like I'm not bored right now because it's giving me something to do. This right. food is giving me something to do and it's, it's gonna continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, listen, we can talk about that for, for uh, forever. I wanna get yeah. to talking about perimenopause and menopause and how this how it all affects everything because my doctor the other day, again, transparent moment, she was like, mm, you might be um, entering into perimenopause, or you might be peri. I was like, "What? <laughs> Excuse me." I'm say, "What?" One more time, and like, <laughs> and like, and, and I'm 40, so she was like, "Yeah, you're. You, that's a thing." Because she was talking about like my sleep habits, and you know, do I get hot? You know, all the all the symptoms and signs or whatever. And I'm like, "Is that a thing?" And I never thought like, "Oh, I need to start thinking about could this be." So I want you to talk about that for a little bit. Well, I love your transparent moments. Uh, I I think (laughs) that it's so important to talk about these things because in the past and still, this is such a hush-hush topic, you know, and it it doesn't need to be. Uh, And a lot of women suffer in silence about their symptoms. And I was, I was, not only was I one of them, but because no one talked about it, I thought I was losing my mind. I really... My mental health was suffering so much when I was in perimenopause. And even my doctor was like, oh, no, you're too young, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, this is not normal. What I'm going through, I had really very strong symptoms. And for me, my emotional um, health was what suffered the most. And I had to do the research on my own. And 
I've learned that, you know, during the perimenopausal period, you know, your body is going through significant changes because it's starting to get ready for where it ends, menses. And yet all of this upheaval is going on in your body in terms of your hormones. And the hormone fluctuations can cause all kinds of symptoms in terms of your menstruation, but emotionally, those fluctuations, specifically with the estrogen, can cause a lot of emotional distress. So you can you can feel like you're in PMS all the time. Mm. Not pleasant, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I was someone who suffered really with very, very bad PMS uh, for probably about two weeks out of four in the month. So that was hard enough. But then when I went into perimenopause, I felt like I was there all the time. And it was it was hard. It was really, really moody, very irritable. My body just did not feel like it used to. And it was hard, you know. Um, and so the more research I did, the more I realized that there was nothing wrong with me, that my body was just going through a lot. And the more, like I said, the more I educated myself and understood what the signs and symptoms were and that this was all part of the, the process, the more easy it was for me to uh, to be more compassionate with my body and also to, to treat my body in a way that helped it rather than uh, exacerbated my symptoms. Mm. See, I'm, I, again, like I said, I'm, I'm new to this and I'm not sure if, if this is where I'm at in my journey. She was just saying, mm, you might want to start, you know, thinking about it because like, I guess all, she was like, well, do you have night sweats? I'm like, no, I mean, sometimes I guess, but not really. But then lo and behold, last night I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so hot. Like I woke, I'm yeah. like, I did she just put this in my head? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I understand. I, I get it. Yeah, but it's you not know, nothing that I'm scared about. It's not nothing that I'm scared of because it's like it's it's life. It's the process. Exactly. This is what we're supposed to go through. Yep. So I'm like, because again, it's every day I'm blessed to live. So I'm like, I'm not scared of it. Um, but I just know I want to be prepared for yep. it and have the conversations about it because it it is dealing with the body and how it's changing and. Yes. And again, this is going to be something that is part of the relationship with food, like you're saying. Yes. Um, because you're like, ah, let me turn to what is my comfort food. Yep. You yep. know, what is what is my relationship with movement not existent? You know, but all of this again works in a whole, and you don't want to be back in what we were talking about before with the um, not enoughness uh, or whatever the self doubt that kicks in. Because it, it is a lot to deal with, and I'm not I'm not gonna make it seem small. Like going through perimenopause and menopause is a lot to, to deal with, um, and some people every, everyone everyone handles it differently. Because um, some people it, it, it just knocks them out because they feel like I'm no longer a woman. Yes. And that's a big thing. Um, yeah. So I want you to speak on that for a little bit. Yeah, you said so many so many great things. You know, I, I do think, like you said earlier, it's really important to be prepared. And by that, I mean educating yourself as much as possible, learning what the symptoms are. You know, and they're different for everybody. And there is there is a long list, you know, of potential symptoms. But you know, just make yourself aware so that if something weird starts to happen, you're like, oh, what the heck was that? You know, you can you know, certainly not self-diagnose yourself, but you know, and if it gets to a point where you're really uncomfortable you know and go to a specialist but a lot of things a lot of interesting things
things start to happen that never happened before. So I think it's important to become aware of what some of the symptoms are, one of the, some of the more common ones, and, and know that, again, your mental health, you know, in terms of anxiety and depression, that might, if, especially if someone has struggled with depression and anxiety in the past, during this period of perimenopause and menopause, there's a very high probability that it will come back or, or get worse. That's very common. And again, that has to do with the hormone fluctuations. Uh, and then eventual cessation of the estrogen. Uh, and, you know, the relationship with food also changes because cravings are affected, again, with the hormone fluctuation, you know, bringing in that not enoughness because you're, you're not in that, that fertile period of your, or you're, appro- you're either approaching or you're ending that fertile period of your life. So you start to question, well, am I still a woman, you know, because I'm not able to bear children anymore and all those types of questions come up. A lot of things come up at this period of life where people are in transition and they're they're moving from you know one period of life into another period of their lives and sometimes that's hard a little hard to deal with for people and of course you know I agree with you in that yeah I'm I I didn't know a lot about it I know a lot more about it now but at the time it was uh, for me it was a little bit frightening because I didn't know what some of the symptoms were and that was very frightening to me to be experiencing these changes and not know what the heck was going on with my body uh so i I think it's just really important to to really stay on on top of it you know and to become more aware of your body and you know like you're saying you got hot last night and you're wondering like is that just because the doctor mentioned it or is because this is this an actual symptom I think it's a really great opportunity to start looking more closely at what you're eating and how it's affecting, how it possibly could be affecting the way you're feeling, you know, hot flashes or night sweats or your moods or any irritability, any of those types of things. It may not be connected at all, but it could be, you know, um, when I first started to have um, night sweats, I noticed that it was very connected to, for me at the time, very connected to how much sugar I was having, refined sugar. Mm. So if I was like, I'll I'll never forget it because it was around Christmas time and I went to this this, uh, Christmas cookie party and I brought home, no kidding, uh, 10 dozen cookies, a lot of cookies. And we made all different kinds, they were beautiful. So I was, needless to say, I was eating a lot of cookies, right? And I noticed I was at night having some real issues with night sweats. And I was like, well, what has changed in my life? And I, it wasn't that I'd never had sugar before because I don't restrict any food, but I was having more than I normally would have. And my body was responding at night. Is, am I guaranteed that this is what the reason was? Of course I can't guarantee it, but I noticed that once I slowed down on the, that one particular thing, they, they went away. So I am, I still eat cookies and I still enjoy them, but I'm, I'm a little more careful about when I have them and how often I have them because I was finding that in some cases it was making some of my symptoms a little bit stronger. Did you do like a food diary? I did not do a food diary because I have a a pretty good memory. Well, Uh I did. (laughs) But at the time, I had a pretty good memory. And that was like 
from what I normally would eat. And, uh, and that was just, you know, I got lucky and figured out that that's what it was. But I think a food diary, not for, not to keep track of calories, but to keep track of what you're eating to see if you have any, if you're noticing any patterns. I think it's a great idea. See, and I really like the fact that you are not focused on diet, weight loss, weight loss. You know, it's like, uh, it's more of a holistic, I want you to be healthy, yes. um, because then once you once you're working on your being healthiness, I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, so that's right along with not enoughness. So once yeah. you <laughs> you work on your healthiness, um, everything else is gonna start to to it's like a puzzle, and everything's yep. gonna start coming together. Um, exactly. Your emotional well-being, your yes. whether it's your skin or the ailments of your body, whether it's your back or your knee hurting, your ankle, whatever it may be, uh, because your body is telling us when things hurt, that's our body's way of saying, hey, hey something's not right. Something's off. Because right now my eye is twitching and I'm like, what is happening? And meanwhile, I'm like, is it stress? Is it not enough sleep? Is it my B body? It's like, what's going on? Like, yeah. like it's telling me something is not is something's going on. It's like an alert. But sometimes right. we don't we just say, Oh, it's the weather you know, and we pass it off like it's nothing or I'm just getting older. But it's our bodies telling us something is off. So I like the fact that you're like, maybe do a food diary. Yeah. See what you're putting inside your body. Yep. Don't worry about the calories per se. Think about what it is that you're doing. Think about why you're eating. What were you feeling at the time that you ate, you know, those 17 cookies or whatever? Like, what was your, what was, what were you thinking? What were you at emotionally at that time? Were you bored? Were you happy? Were you celebrating? Were you crying? Were you sad? Like, let's get to the reason of why. Let's get to your why. And the why is important. And then all of it will come full circle into the wholeness without feeling shame or guilt though and i like that part like you're not making anyone feel guilty about why they're doing what they're doing you just want them to be better absolutely and you know again you put it all together so perfectly and this is not about you know look many of us are really good at taking the hammer out and clobbering ourselves over the head, mm-hmm. you know? And to me, like for me, that I had to unlearn how to do that because I did that for so many years and in many areas of my life, not just with food and body. So when I learned to like cultivate self-compassion, my whole life literally changed. And this is not like a one and done thing. This is a continuous practice of how can I be nicer to myself <laughs> so that I can have more joy in my life, you know? And like you said, it's it's asking those questions curiously, not with the judgment and why are you, you know, that why are you eating those cookies? Like, ugh, I, you know, like with this disgust that so many people have, yeah. you know, it's, wow, that's interesting. I ate a lot of cookies. I, you know, I wonder what that's about. I wonder if maybe if I'm needing comfort what, what do I need comfort from? You know, what what has bothered me where I'm feeling that I need that comfort today? You know, how can I be nicer to myself? What is it that might really be going on underneath all of this? Uh, and, and again, just being curious there, because I believe when we're curious, it really opens us up to discovering what, what the need might really be. Uh, and, and like I said before, the need might be to eat cookies, okay? But that 
that isn't always the answer or the response that we want to have uh, because it's not, I like to have more than one tool in my toolbox. You know, it's nice to have a variety of things that you can you can draw from. Um, more importantly, it's not only nice to have more than one tool, but it's also important because, again, that one tool may not meet your needs all the time. Right. So what else could you have in your toolbox that's, that's going to work for you, that's going to help provide some relief for you? You said a statement, and I don't think we ask ourselves that, um, enough and it's how can I be nicer to myself that to me was a standout sentence question that you said how can I be nicer to myself I don't even know if I've ever asked myself that before I don't I don't think I have yeah uh you're not alone in that uh that you know the whole concept of self-compassion and and learning what our needs are you know taking time to learn what our needs are and then doing things that can help us meet our needs you know and this is an all-day thing uh is not easy for a lot of people and like i said you know like i love what you say full transparency you know this was something that for me what would be like learning how to speak Russian. It was so foreign to me because I was so embedded in being hard on myself. It was like hard coded. And and not only that, I didn't even know I was being hard on myself. Mm. It was, it, I didn't even know it because that's all I knew, right. you know? So learning what was underneath all of that and, and now at literally having timers on my phone, like little, you know, reminders on my phone to ask myself, what does your body need right now? What does your body need right now? And do you do you need to stand up from your chair? You know, or have you been sitting too long? Are you thirsty? You know, do you need a hug? You know, what is it that my body needs right now? And then as often as I can, honoring that, you know, uh, am I hungry? You know, uh, and if I'm hungry, what do I want to eat? What do I think is going to is going to work for me right now? Uh, and just be nice to myself, you know, and if I make a mistake, which I inevitably will because I am a human, uh, how do I do that and not, and learn from it and not beat the crap out of myself? Right, you know? right. And that, that's the thing about us feeling guilty because like, even if you take the time to be like, what do I need right now? It's like, okay, I think I might need sleep. Oh, if I fall asleep, then, you know, if I do this and I'm not doing this, or I feel guilty about not being here with the children at the moment or not working on this business or not doing, you know what I'm saying? So it's the feeling of asking yourself, what is it that you need? Or how can I be nicer to myself? Whatever the answer is and not feeling guilty about your answer. Yeah. It, and it's not an easy thing. You know, it's not. And I'll be honest about that. And I, for me, I have found that, you know, we have to more often than not have the mentality of I'm doing something uh, most of the time. So for the most part, I'm being nice to myself. For the most part, I'm, I'm meeting my, my body's needs or, you know, around that, you know, not striving for that perfection type of thing, you know, because that's what gets us back into that rigid type of living, which is for me extremely stressful. And what most of my clients come to me is that all or nothing. How do I, how do I find that gray area between, you know, and, and, you know, I remember when my, my son is, 
now 19, but when he was younger, feeling guilt of like, well, I really want to go to the gym, but I really want to be with him too. And so like, how do I reconcile that guilt with needing to take care of my body, you know, and, and that being a legit thing that we need to do. And, and how I reconciled it was two ways. Number one, I would, I would wake up earlier, which wasn't always easy at all, because at the time I was working a corporate job and I needed to get to work. Uh, and, and that was how I did it, was getting up earlier so that I didn't cut into my evening time with him because that was so limited. And the other thing I kept saying to myself was when I'm taking care of myself, I have more to give. So if I don't keep filling up my cup, I don't have anything else to give to anybody. And even when I am giving it, I'm giving it from a place of lack because I'm so exhausted. And that was how I reconciled, you know, this is how I'm going to take care of myself and take care of the other people that are around me. And now still take care of my family and take care of my business but still take breaks, you know, when I need right. to, because for me creatively, if I'm not doing that, my business suffers big time. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like I am not able to serve my clients when my cup is not full. You know what you said about being exhausted and I, and I find a lot of people being tired lately or being exhausted because we do so much. And I think that's something that we need to, to think about too, is why am I feeling exhausted what have I been doing or what have I not been doing or what is my body trying to tell me about why I am exhausted um again without feeling guilty about yes. the things that you did do to be exhausted or the things that you haven't done to be exhausted because sometimes your listen your body will shut down on you yep when you least expect it when it needs what it needs and it's like you don't want it to shut down you want to you want to be ahead of the game you want to be proactive and being like let me take care of myself before my body shuts down because i've had that happen before and i'm like oh it's not a good feeling it's no. so not a good feeling no it's not i i think we need to look at you know again i keep going back to so many of the great things that you said before is we need to get to the root of these things mm -hmm. you know and really understand what is driving us to be striving time and while there is nothing wrong with striving we can't continue to do that without our bodies saying oh no not today <laughs> you know and just stopping and that will come usually come out in some type of an illness you know whether it's like a temporary cold or flu or uh you know uh some sort of uh mental difficulties that you know anxiety stress you know these are all signs from our body that something needs to shift mm. you know and without that self-care in place that uh consistent self-care in place i think that we are really uh we're open to, to all of that and that doesn't mean that if we get a cold or the flu that that's because we're not necessarily doing something but it it it's sometimes an opportunity for us to stop and rest uh, and, and I think we need to understand what's at the root of that constant striving all the time. And sometimes, sadly, it's the not enoughness. You know, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. And I think women also are plagued with the longer the list of things and the more they get done, the more value that they have or that this is what they perceive, you know. And uh, our value doesn't change based on the list and how many things we get done on it. It doesn't change based on what we weigh or what we look like. Our value is inherent and it's, it's always there, you know? So it, 
said, we are very complicated. Very complicated. Yeah. Listen, I can sit here and talk to you all day about this because it's so it's it's such a peaceful conversation. <laughs> um, but I want you to tell people, Michelle, like how can they get in contact with you if you have anything coming up? Um, the whole nine yards. I'm gonna be sit here and be quiet, and I'm gonna let you talk. Uh, you know, this was a great conversation and we covered a lot of different things. Uh, I like to blog a lot and, and I have some blogs on my website, which is my name, uh, michellevinewaltzes.com. Uh, I am really passionate about getting people to move their bodies because consistent movement has helped me in pretty much every aspect of my life. Uh, but very specifically in my perimenopause and menopause journey, it has really helped me to reconcile a lot of the challenges I was having with my symptoms. So I feel strongly about that. So I developed this wonderful program called uh, Joyful Movement at Last. And it helps people who have been away from movement or have a really dysfunctional, unhappy relationship with movement to understand the reasons why that is uh, and also to understand the resistance that they have around movement because exercise resistance you know is so strong people will say oh you know i don't have enough time i don't like movement uh, i don't like to sweat you know all kinds of different reasons why they don't like to do it but when we get underneath all of that we realize that they are really steeped in perfectionism around and self-sabotage and a lot of these things that people are not talking about especially in terms of movement but they're all there this very all or nothing thinking well if I if I can't get in a full hour of exercise I'm not even gonna bother and that is that's perfectionistic thinking at its height uh, so really helping people to identify what is keeping them from moving their body in, in a way that is joyful and they look forward to it. Uh, and, and again, that's just something I feel really passionate about because that, like you said earlier, it's the whole, it's the whole view of health and movement is a very big piece of that. And it's a piece that's missing for so many people. And my clients were like, I've got the food part down, I, my relationship with food is better, but I'm still not moving my body, and I want to be, but I just am totally resistant to it. So I created this beautiful program that addresses all of that, um, and it has a nice Facebook group, and we you know, all continue to encourage each other. And, uh, you know, I'm on Instagram, my name, Michelle Vina Baltus underscore coach, and uh, I also have a Facebook group uh, called, uh, a free Facebook group called the No Diet Sisterhood, and uh, it's a beautiful community of women who have given up dieting and who are looking to have a healthy relationship with food and movement and their bodies. Woo! Again, <laughs> you're, so, you're so peaceful, and, and I love it. I, I would love for you, y'all know, like I always say, the information is going to be on the beginning of the um, podcast on the details um, where the bio and stuff is. So you can go and catch any spellings of names. You can go click links. It'll all be up there. Uh, so don't worry about trying to hit rewind and uh, get links and stuff like that. So again, thank you so very much. I appreciate you for being up here. And I would love for you to leave the listeners with a tip, whatever is on your heart, your mind, your soul, the first thing that comes to your mind. You are enough. 
just as you are. And when people really start to embody that, it, it can make such a huge difference. You know, it, it really can. Uh, and, and that's what I hope for people, that they see that, because people waste so much time thinking that they're not. Okay, y'all. This has been another episode of Yolanda Yvette Speaks. And as Michelle said, you are enough. And the sooner you realize it, the better your life will get. Again, she didn't add that last part, but you know I did. Uh, <laughs> but she said she's nodding her head, yeah. So, <laughs> so apparently she agrees with it. So, 100%. see, there you go. Uh, but y'all, like I said, this has been another episode of Yolanda Yvette Speaks. And I love you all dearly. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thanks, Yolanda.